Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder, you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you can find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, and if you'd like to give your offering to the Lord and his work, you can do that under the give tab there on the home page. Today is sponsored by Arnie and Jerry Rankin in celebration of their 69th wedding anniversary, and Frank and Bussy Mosley as they celebrate their birthdays this month. I have a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship. Chapel's Life team invites you to a pizza lunch after the late service on Sunday, August 6th. While you're enjoying your pizza, uh, we will be showing a short two-part video series produced by Focus on the Family that gives some ideas on how to discuss your life-affirming views with others. Uh, please sign up at the Welcome Center if you can, if you know that you can come, so we know how much food to prepare and to, and to get. Um, more information about that is in your chapel weekly. There has been some interest in having a group from church go to the movie Sound of Freedom, and after the movie, come back here to church and have a, a brief discussion about the film. Uh, a day and time has not yet been determined for that, but if you are interested in doing that and being part of that, please sign your name and, and give your phone or email address on that sign-up sheet that's also at the Welcome Center. We continue to pray for our LAMP mission team as they have finally arrived at their destination in northern Canada. They left uh, early Wednesday morning and they traveled around 1,700 miles or so straight north, and, and they got to their destination yesterday afternoon. They start their week-long vacation Bible school with the children there today, so please continue to keep that group in your prayers. Um, those who are on the mission team are listed in your chapel weekly, so you can, you can take that home. You can pray for them by name while they are away. And this morning, we are pleased to install Brett Aerosmith as vicar here at Chapel of the Cross for this up, upcoming year. We welcome Vicar Brett and his wife Kelly and his girls Madison and Riley to Chapel of the Cross today and look forward to their time with us here over the next year. That installation will take place a little later in this service after the sermon, and then we will enjoy a light cake reception in the commons area after the service today. So please stay for that and get to know our new vicar and, and his family after church. Our elder for this weekend is Gene Widener. Gene is standing in the back over there. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Gene as one of your elders here at chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and we share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. We confess, gracious God, that we groan not only because of sin in the world, but our failure to trust you for all that we need. We have not always waited patiently. We have often demanded reasons from you. We have sought to excuse ourselves. Yet you have given us the Spirit who intercedes for us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us to hope not in ourselves, but in the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The promises of God are sure. One day, creation will be set free from corruption. Your sins were taken to Christ's cross, where you were redeemed as God's beloved children. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. pray. Lord God, you have caused the seed of your word to be sown throughout the world. Open our hearts to your word, we pray, and grant that it may take root and produce fruits of faith that bring glory to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and rules with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. For this, the eighth day after Pentecost, the Old Testament reading is from Isaiah, the 44th chapter. 
This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last, apart from me there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it, let him decree and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let him foretell what will come. Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is none other rock. I know not one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm of the day is a portion of Psalm 119, and we speak that responsibly. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. The epistle is from Romans, the eighth chapter. Paul writes, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as it the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us and will groans that words cannot express. And he who searches for hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for all, saints in the accordance with God's will. This is the word of the Lord.
Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. 
The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin in all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn together. <laughs>
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon this morning is that gospel reading appointed for this day from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 24. Uh, it's a parable of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And I'd like to read that, just the parable portion of that one more time for us. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seeds in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in the bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, my grandpa, Albert Chuknicht, he was a farmer. When I was a kid, one of the wonderful things that I did as, uh, over the summers was sometimes to go visit that farm of his, spend a few weeks with him there in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And those are some great, great memories for me. It was a big change of life for a kid who grew up in the suburbs of Chicago to go out to the farm for a few weeks with Grandpa. And actually, it was a very enlightening experience for me because I really never knew how much was involved with farming until I spent that time with Grandpa on the farm. From knowing about diseases and bugs that would affect the plants to dealing with the unpredictability of the weather. From getting up at 4.30 in the morning, and boy, that was tough as a kid, to knowing exactly when to harvest a certain kind of crop and when, what time was good to do it. From being the boss of several farmhands to being able to run essentially a small business successfully. There's a lot involved in farming, and it takes a very special individual to be able to do it. When you look at the Gospels, you will notice that Jesus talked about farmers quite a bit, talked about farming quite a bit. But for as much as Jesus talked about farming in his ministry or he used an illustration from farming to make a point, do you know that, that not a single one of Jesus' disciples was a farmer? I mean, there's guys from all walks of life there following him. There's tax collectors, there's a political zealot, there's several fishermen. But as far as we know, not a single one was a farmer. But Jesus was a farmer. I, I know that his trade that he learned from his dad was carpentry, but, but really he was a farmer at heart. Jesus knew about a field. He knew about the field of his father, the field called the world. And in that field called the world, it can get a little messy, as any farm can. It can get messy because there's evil in this world, and evil makes everything messy. So Jesus tells a little story, as only a farmer could. It's a story about the kingdom, and it's a story about our messy world. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who prepared the land and sowed the best seed that was available to him. And with the weather cooperating, with the land in good condition, with the extra expense spent for a high quality of seed, the man believes that it's going to be a good year. We're going to have a bumper crop. 
After the planting had been completed, though, an enemy comes under the, dark, under the cover of darkness. Now, why would anybody be an enemy to the farmer? Who knows what happened in the past to make this person so mean, so spiteful. Maybe he, he was somebody who wanted the farmer's land, and so he tried to, to destroy the farmer's business and then just kind of swoop in and buy his land for cheap when he would go under. Maybe it was somebody who was disgruntled, a disgruntled employee, or somebody who felt, felt that they get the short end of a business deal or something with the farmer. Or maybe it was just somebody who just acted out of sheer spite, just being mean. For whatever reason, the enemy sneaks into that field and he sows weeds among the good wheat seeds. It was a cunning, evil, treacherous mind at work to do this. I mean, think about how this was accomplished. He would have had the collected weeds and carefully extracted all the seeds himself and then store them up. Anywhere he could find weeds, he would cut them down, dry them out, and then store the seeds until he had bags of them. Then he crept in and threw them all around that good field. It was a sneaky plot, wasn't it? Because it was silent, nobody suspected anything. And the next day, unlike, say, having your house being broken into, there was no broken windows, there was no trail of muddy footprints that anybody would think anything about, no ransacking with drawers all dumped out around the room. I mean, you couldn't tell a thing. Nobody even knew he had been there that night. Until a few weeks later, when the weeds began to sprout, and the field hands sent a frantic message to the farmer, what are we going to do? The weeds are growing rampant. They're going to cut down on your yield. Should we try to go pull out the weeds so the wheat can grow? And the farmer replies, no. Now just let the weeds and the wheat grow together. It's too much trouble to go out there and try to, to weed the, the, that farm. Besides, you're sure to slip up and take out some of the wheat along with the weeds. So just, just leave it. Try, we'll try to sort it all out in September. Just let it all grow together, and we'll worry about it later. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is just like that. You know what I call that? I call that a mess. Isn't it? Weeds and wheat growing together. But you know, it's, it's really not the first time that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God kind of like that. Remember the story of the marriage feast where, where the servants were sent out to invite to the feast as many as you can find, both good and bad. It's a story about who's invited to the kingdom, who's invited to share eternity. And you can almost hear the servants say to the master, say, would you like us to make up the invitation list based on the, I don't know, the VIP list or the who's who or the wealthiest or the smartest, the most powerful, the most connected? He says, no, just... Just go door to door, invite everybody that you find. Go downtown, go to the street corners, just invite everybody. What in the world? What, what, what kind of way is that to have a party? I mean, that's a mess. You never know who's going to show up to that party. But the Lord says to the church, go make disciples of all nations and go and preach the gospel throughout the whole world. 
I mean, why do you think we sent a team of 12 people hundreds of miles away to share the good news in northern Canada, of all places? Why do you think we, we spend 10 weeks over the summer with kids running all over this building for our summer camp to tell them about Jesus every day? Why do you think we support Day 3 Seeds to feed people and to share the gospel with refugees and widows in Uganda? Why do you think we train men for the pastoral ministry and install a vicar today here at Chapel of the Cross? It's because Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and preach the gospel throughout the whole world. And, and when you do that kind of thing, you might be surprised who shows up for baptism. Because the invitation to the party is issued, and it's issued to everybody. And some would say, wow, well, you know, that's a mess. And it is, isn't it? But I think that this parable that we have here in Matthew 13 says to us, it might be a mess, but it's God's mess. Because when this God of ours starts sowing and starts inviting and starts blessing and starts calling, our God, he just doesn't know where to stop, does he? And it's not for us to judge which seed is going to take root, which tree will bear fruit. It's not for us to distinguish between the wheat and the weeds. That's God's job. That's God's business. It's his mess. But not only is there a mess sometimes in the church, there, there seems to be always a mess in this world. Well, you look at our world, it's a mess, isn't it? And we got war and injustice and pain and racism and suffering and sickness, and you can go on and on. You can make your list. It's a mess in this world. And we hear that servant's question pop up. Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Didn't you mess up somehow and spread out the weeds by mistake? We can maybe even expand that question and say, hey, Lord, during that week of creation, when you looked at the world and you said, this is good, this is very good, were you talking about this world? Because this world is a mess. There is bad seed growing right along the good. And weeds germinate just like the wheat does. And so often you can't even tell the weeds from the wheat until it's too late to do much about it. And out of this mess comes that ancient cry in Psalm 94. How long, O Lord? How long will the wicked be jubilant? And we look at these weeds and we look at the wheat and that's a question, isn't it? How long, O Lord? And the question really, really comes and it really hits home when it seems that evil sometimes flourishes in our lives. And the goodness kind of is not. When we struggle with cancerous cells spreading throughout the body and, and good cells starve. Or when drugs spoil our youth and make those who sell them wealthy. Or when children are being taken and we're told, well, there's just so much you can do to keep your child safe. We say, how long, O oh Lord? And at those times we ask, Lord, did you not sow good seed? Where's the good seed, Lord, in your field? Of course, the answer is the same. There is evil along with the good in the field of the world. 
Because the devil has sowed seeds of evil among God's good creation. And where there is evil, there is always a mess. But I am sure glad of one thing in this whole mess, in this field that's just mixed up and cluttered with so many weeds. I am sure glad that God waits a while and that he tells his servants to hold back until the harvest. See, every now and then I get this idea in my head, and I think it's a pretty true idea, that perhaps I'm somewhat of a weed once in a while. Maybe you get that idea too. If you have that idea, it's a pretty good idea. I know for sure I've been a weed in the past, that some things that I have done or some things I have failed to do, they're more of the devil than they are of the Lord. And, and, and knowing that, and knowing what God has done, and what he can do with me, and for me, and through me, and in me, I'm content to have the weeding put off until the end. How often have you been a weed in the garden of the Lord? All of us have been there. Whether it's big or small, all big and prickly, or just total, hardly noticeable. But, but God is so merciful, and he allows the weed to exist so that the good might grow. He allows that weed to exist because so many times he can take what that is, that weed, and turn that weed into something beautiful, something good, a beautiful plant producing for our Lord. He does that in us, doesn't he? How many times has he taken us in our sinfulness and he's just turned us around with a word of forgiveness? How many times has he shown us a better way? How many times has he led us to this table as he's going to do again today and say, take and eat my body for you. Take and drink my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. How many times have we witnessed him come to a person through baptism and say, oh, you are my child now, and I love you, and I forgive you. How many times does he show us that cross and say to us, you see that? I died on that for you. I gave up my life so you would have life. And I did that because I love you. I did it to clean up the mess. This world, the church, even our lives, it can be so messy sometimes because there's evil running rampant this side of heaven and it's messy but you know what it's God's mess God didn't make the mess but it's his because he has promised to deal with it and he does in our world in the church in our own lives he deals with it with his love, and he deals with it with his forgiveness, and he deals with it with his mercy. And he has promised growth for that wheat. He promises final victory in the end. That good wheat is gathered into the barn. You heard that in the story. It's gathered home. And he deals with the mess. He deals with it as only a good farmer could. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Would you please stand with me as together we confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. You find that on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The congregation may be seated. Brett, could you please come forward? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, according to the usual custom of the church, Brett Arismith has been assigned to Chapel of the Cross Lutheran as a vicar. As a student assigned to our congregation, he will continue his education in preparation for service to the church as a called worker. Hear what the Word of God says about those who serve in the church. This is from 1 Peter chapter 4. As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And Paul's words from Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, seeking, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Brett Arismith, you are, are you prepared to serve as vicar in this congregation under the supervision of the pastor, undertaking your assignments as one who seeks training for the office of the Holy Ministry? If so, then answer, I am, with the help of God. I am, with the help of God. And brothers and sisters in Christ, you have heard the promise of him appointed to learn and to serve in the church. I ask you now, in the presence of God, will you receive him, show him fitting love and honor, and support him by your encouragement and your fervent prayer? If so, answer, we will, with the help of God. We will, with the help of God. The almighty and most merciful God, strengthen and assist you always. 
Brett, are you ready and willing to assume the work of this ministry? If so, answer, I am. I am. Then, Brett Arismith, I install you as vicar at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. <coughs> Almighty God, our Father, you send laborers into your harvest. Grant your blessing to Brett Arismith, who now begins his vicarage in our congregation so that your word may bear much fruit for the growth of your church. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brett, now go in the name of our Lord. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The Almighty and most merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Right, can you turn around? We welcome Vicar Brett Arismith. We stand for prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We pray for the church of Jesus Christ, that it be a community of mutual forgiveness and reconciliation, reflecting the heart of God's love. Help us, O oh God, to maintain the hope that eagerly looks forward to the return of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. During our wait for that day, continue to send your Spirit to teach us to pray for strength in the midst of our human weakness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the spread of the gospel throughout the world, that daily God's forgiving love may be announced to new people in new languages and new corners of the world. Bless the LAMP mission team as they share the gospel of Jesus to the people of Brochet and Lynn Lake, Canada this week, and bring them back home to us safely when their work is done. May all Christians find opportunities to tell the good news about Jesus to their neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask for your leading and your guidance to be given to Ryan Meyer as he considers the call to be director of parish music at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waconia, Minnesota. Make your presence known to Ryan, to Trinity Lutheran, and to Chapel of the Cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our nation, that elected and appointed officials govern as giving account to God. May they always work to reduce strife and limit the evil effects of sin. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the infirm. We especially remember this day Sharon Cole, Karen Hornig, and Marlene's, Marlene Crawford's grandson, Charles Jost, who was recently diagnosed with cancer. Make your presence known to these, your children, Lord, and if it is your will, give them healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who mourn, Lord God, bless with your comfort and your strength Matt and Rachel Gar and their family upon the death of their sister-in-law, Maria Gar, and Vicar Brett and Kelly Arismith and their family upon the death of Kelly's grandfather, Preston Peterson, this past Tuesday. May the joy of the promise of salvation and the good news of the resurrection bring them peace that passes all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks today with those who have received a special measure of your grace. 
We especially remember those celebrating wedding anniversaries, including Arnie and Jerry Rankin, as they celebrate 69 years of marriage. We also give thanks with Frank and Bessie Mosley as they celebrate their birthdays this month. Continue to bless, to guard, and to keep them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. stand as we sing together our offertory.
Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who through his death has given us life and will graciously protect us until the coming harvest. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and the source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and our minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together. Thank you.